0: You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Hardin, and today we're talking about a new concept to this podcast, and that's the Harmony Groups. Yes, I know you've heard from me and the wonderful Brittany of Enneagram explained about harmonic groups, but this is a different group. And yes, you know, there's lots of different groups and triads in the Enneagram, but this one is very helpful for helping all of us in our relationships to come together more in terms of our worldview. So the harmonic groups we talked about earlier were about conflict styles, and you might remember the positive outlook group, and you might remember the reactive group, as well as the logical group called the competency group. So we had said there that both of these concepts stemmed from the late David Daniels and others. Dr. Daniels credited Dr. Bill Schaefer and Dr. Jack Killen. But what I want to do with you today is to really work through the harmony groups so that you guys can have a better sense of how you can learn to work with your own preconceptions about how the world should and even does already work, as well as learn to lean into your spouse's view and other people's view. Because as you know, with the Enneagram work we all do, when we start balancing we really do good work and it is very hard. So stay tuned for the end of the episode today because I have a freebie for you and I'm gonna give you a number to text if you wanna get a freebie so you can start practicing at home with the harmony groups. So for now, the other announcements I want to make are my any and Marriage Certification course is going on and we are so excited to have a new group of students start August 26th and I will be teaching a live 12-week course I hope you can join. Use the code back to school for twenty percent off. And I hope you love it. We have had a great time together in the first round, and there are so many worksheets for you to bring to your people, whether it be your own marriage or the lives of those you're helping or would like to help. And I have given you a fully inclusive course of how to help couples and individuals with their relationships from beginning to end, and it's completely uh, doable. If you are somebody who says, do I know how to help couples already? Um, If you don't, this is where you're going to find out lots of information, lots of organized worksheets, Lots of great tools for you to truly learn how to do this work if you already have the passion for it. So I look forward to this. And if you're already a counselor or a coach and you just want to get more finely tuned and to understand what is the process for helping couples that's very successful, I have that for you and it's research-based and I'm really excited for you to be able to use this. So hoping to see you there. I also have some fun speakers coming up. We have Beth McCord, Sarah Jane Case, and next week's show is going to be a really cool one-nine couple talking about instead of a 2080 marriage of the old standards where men were thought to put that much into relationship work. This is a really cool concept they have and they've been New York Times favorite book list awarded um, with their 80-80 marriages. So I cannot wait to talk to them philosophically and of course just relationally about how to help couples. And I also hope that you will stay tuned for the conferences I'm gonna be announcing on the next few episodes that are coming up if you love Enneagram conferences. So lots of cool stuff like that. Check it out. Let's talk a little bit about a story behind harmony groups before we get into the different groupings. Now, if you are, whether you're an idealist or relationalist, or you are a pragmatist, which you're going to hear all about the depths of those later, I'm going to let you know that sometimes even within those groups, there's major differences. And while I'm going to flesh them out theoretically in a few minutes, I want you to have just a story sense. A lot of people learn with theory. That's why we do that. A lot of people learn with story. Some are visual learners. I have some visual learners in my class. So I think it's helpful to try to do what we can for each of those groups and also I'll paint a bit of a picture and tell a bit of a story here of how two idealists Wes and I can be uh, different even within that triad so first uh, some of you may have heard the honeymoon story about when we took the tandem bicycle for two in Santa Barbara California and it was a really fun good idea because I love ideas as a seven and I wanted to take my husband to the natural history museum in Santa Barbara And we thought it would be fun to take a tandem bicycle from our hotel. And here we were, all of 21 years old, just totally excited to use our athletic abilities to learn to balance this bicycle and to ride it up a mountain. And we are from Detroit. So, no, it didn't really go that well at the time. But what happened was we finally get going. And then, up the mountain, partway through, not even very far at all, I decided that I was giving my all and it just wasn't enough. And my husband being a one said I could give more. And in his view, as a one idealist, he felt I really could. He said, you know, I've been able to see that you're strong and you have more you could probably do. And I was like, no, this is really all I have. Um, So I'm doing my best here. And this is it. This is me and this is what you get. And he's like, oh, no, there's so much more you could do. And I want you to push harder, push harder, push harder. And that's his ideal was, you know, I know that the world could be more perfect. I know we could do better. And so he pushed, I pushed. It just wasn't enough. And looking back, we could say even to this day, whether it was us or was the hill too high, all I know is we didn't make it up the hill and we ended up having to walk our bike. We get to the top of the hill and. And there I had been mistaken in my ideal that I was going to bless him with the science museum. I didn't even want to go, but the museum was closed. So if I would have called in advance or read the brochure with more detail, then I would have known that it wasn't even open. So it was so exhausting and then it was so disappointing. Um, And you can see how the ideals of each type were a bit different there and Of course, his ideal is the world would be the most perfect possible. And my ideal is that I would be taken care of finally in marriage when I hadn't been before And he was proving me wrong and saying, no, I've not got the strength for both of us. You're going to have to do this and you're going to have to rise up. So it was really a good reminder for both of us that we're going to need God and not just each other because this is already turning out bad. But then what we decided was we're already up. What goes up must come down. So we got back on the bike. And that's what you do in marriage. You just get back up again on the horse. And we had so much fun riding down that hill together. Now that we had come up to this difficult point, uh, we knew that we needed to continue to work together and to now enjoy the fun because we had done the hard work and we had fought our way through that hard work, some of it. Um, But now it was time to say, you know, it's a rest time. And I guess we're not going to go to the museum. And I was probably glad if I could think back on how I felt about that part, because I was only doing it for him. And as much as he was disappointed, he loves adventure too, so now we had the adventure ahead of us to go down this big mountain. So we had a really fun time going down the mountain on the bike, and I'm sure with our 21-year-old brains, we were probably not very careful knowing the brain finishes up growing at about 25, I'm thinking, I don't think we had helmets. But we did it, and we had a blast, and we sat at the bottom of the hill, this is gonna be a story. And I've shared this story before, But I'm now sharing it from the Harmony Triad, and and that is just to say, even if you're an idealist, you may have different ideals. And we all have different ideals in marriages, and we're going to talk about what those are. But I wanted to give the illustration so that you would know that you might have even the very same grouping like we do in this way, and yet you see, oh my gosh, I'm pragmatic or practical in a different way. Or I'm a relationalist, but I'm a relationalist in a different way than my spouse. Or maybe my wing is so powerful. Or if you're somebody who does advanced Enneagram work and you know about tri-types, you might say, yeah, but I really allow this aspect of my tri-type in. And for me, my tri-type is two idealist pieces, seven and four. And then I also have a pragmatist. So for me to see the relational view, sometimes that's very hard for me. And so I think that it's a really helpful for you to, as you learn about this with me today, I want you to Find your grouping, but then think about how your wing, if you're one of those people who really focuses in on wing um, because you have such a big wing, or if you are one of those people who really lives in the tri-type more, I want you to try to realize that there's more than one way of seeing the world, and I want you to start shifting because these worldviews have so much more to do with how you operate in the world than you probably realize. In fact, one of the most influential ways idealism can get in the way is even with extended family and work situations, because we have these different ways that we think the world should be. If you start paying attention to how those differences show up in your life, I think you're going to be shocked by how much they really do. Because you might be like, oh no, we're of the same, you know, we're both the same politically or we're both the same spiritually. And it's like, you may have those things in common, but when you start to really let it sink in about how much your harmony triad affects your marriage and not just your marriage, but the way you live life with family and extended family and friends and work, I think you're gonna be shocked and you're gonna realize that a lot of your stubborn points are because of this. So be ready for some maybe even major shifting and growing as you learn. This has rocked my world and it has made me move from my most stubborn places. Because I'm like, grr, I have a different ideal than you. And by the way, I don't want you to get stuck in how I explained my ideal, even if you're my same type, because we all get stuck in little different points of our ideal. It may be that you're a seven and instead of getting stuck in the space of thinking that that ever somebody had to take care of you, maybe me or you get stuck in a moment of well, we're in our critical one space right now, and the world, people should do the right thing. And if they don't, then screw them. And that's not right or kind, but that might be where you're at. So I want you to understand that whatever your type, don't get lost in the one or two messages that I say for each one, because that's all I have time for today. But start to really allow it to deepen with you, within yourself so that you can say, How am I being really focused on this one way of seeing the world? from this grouping of relationalist? And how am I really seeing it from the pragmatic viewpoint? What am I missing? What am I missing? Wait, maybe when you do your tri-type or your wings or your arrow work and you go, oh my gosh, I have, like, like I said with me, There's not that much of the relationalist group. So I have to work a little harder for that one to show up. I have to go into my five space and there I have limited resources anyway. At least that's how I feel. So I have to work really hard and really carefully to know how to relate to people. So I think that this will deepen you guys. I know it's a little bit of a complex topic, but I totally believe in you and I can't wait to hear how it goes. So here goes. The idealist group is made up of ones, sevens, and fours. And Dr. David Daniels really thinks of this group as the group that really looks at life with the lens of. What the world could be like. And if it was perfect, this is what we would all do. So, when something happens in a family, whether you're a one seven or a four, whether it be in your kids' school or their groups that they're in, or whether it be in your marriage that you think things need to be a certain way, and whether you think in your workplace things should be a certain way, I think you're understanding that word is should instead of the word is. (laughs) And so, what Somebody called this group that I'm not from as familiar with, Dr. Bill Schaefer, he called it the heaven triad because this group always thinks about the ultimate integration of personality and spirit. And I'll just break it down a little bit. Ones want that perfect world according to the internal standards of the way things are and ought to be, and they get frustrated When it doesn't happen and then four seek the ultimate ideal of nothing of substance is missing in ourselves in the world and they're all felt in fullness of ways and then seven seek this positive world free of suffering and pain and full of pleasant free-flowing experiences and as much as we really try not to do these things it's something at least I deal with on an everyday basis. And I'm sure others married to idealists, or if you're listening as an idealist, you understand what I'm talking about when I say that. Just because we do our Enneagram work does not mean we don't struggle. It's just that we're trying to have insight. And in a little while, I'll go through the stages that Dr. David Daniels recommends for us to be able to do some deeper level work, not just insights. But but at some points of our days, at least, I think we all still struggle within our harmony groups. And that's why I think they're so helpful to know so that we can catch ourselves in the act, especially if like me, you and your spouse might even share. So when I look forward to telling you guys about the other ones, so you can see that as well. But a little bit more about this group is one have lost or gone away from appreciating the variations and differences in life and people and the fours have gone away from appreciating that there's already perfect wholeness and all there is instead of focusing on what's missing or not mystical enough and then sevens have lost or gone away from even the fact that there's good and bad and mundane and ecstatic and that that wholeness that comes from embracing the world like that is missing for them. So really what we need to remember is that this group needs to remember that letting go of their frustrations of the world when we don't line up with what the real world is like is so important. And just seeing what is is important too. And I think that some of us can go into our instincts right here when things aren't the way we like. So Wes can go into that social space and say, if I can't have it, I'm gonna make it socially happen. And he works so hard in extended family and in community to do this and at work. And I try to do that in my own way, in the self-preserving way, where I try to say, okay, well, if I can't have it out there, I'll have it in here, this inner utopia. And then the rest of us who are the one-to-one, and I think we all hopefully balance out to some degree with all three, we might say in the idealism grip here, well, I want to find that in my relationship then. If I can't control the world and on my own, I notice deficiencies, uh, let's try to find that together. And so we know many fours who do this, but I don't want you to think it's all a one seven or four thing that does one of these. I just want you to think if you're an idealist or your spouse is an idealist, which area are you struggling with the most? And then I want you to remember most of all that you guys really do need to work on that aspect of what is already here. We're not in heaven yet. We are right here and right here is okay. And it may not be perfect the way you see it, but it is okay because this is the way God has it. And there is some peace in knowing that. You have to sometimes say, you know, it won't be my perfect ideal, but what is going to happen is good. And there is a sense of it being perfect in that way. So while it's not your idealized version of what you think is perfect, it's what actually is, and that's good. And hopefully you guys that are idealists, when you have moments like these, will learn to embrace and be closer with the people you love. And you'll try to get some rest and fill up when you're feeling depleted or discouraged. I know I've had to do that sometimes when I have moments where my ideals aren't met, certainly, and I think, okay, well, let me regroup. Let me grieve because I can feel how hard that was. And I'm not going to just push through, but I'm going to just allow myself to cry And I had to do that this week. Try to look at what's distressing you right now. Try to look at maybe even the deeper emotional level of what's distressing you if you're an idealist. And maybe it's, like I said, something at work or home or with friends or with marriage. And try to see uh, what needs to be grieved and then try to enjoy some gratitude and make some plans and get moving again. So that's my goal for you is try to be instead of just desire what you think should be and let God help you with that. Okay, the next group we're gonna talk about is the threes, sixes, and nines. And this is called the pragmatist group. The pragmatist group is also called the earth group. I love that name for this group because I just think that sounds really beautiful. And another word for this is the attachment triad because they help us to connect to that down-to-earth, people-to-people, basic care for others in the world and even reference others in their world. As you know, with threes, they're often looking to see what others want them to do or to be, and with sixes, they're often looking to others to help them to understand what to do. And of course, with nines, we know they're so kind and thoughtful about others and we also know that the threes are practical and ambitious and the sixes are like hey i want the safety and security of what these material things might be able to bring me and then the nines are looking for those materials to be comfortable and to have harmony in the world and just get along with everybody. So I think that's a beautiful way that nines can be and all of these can be. But of course, the threes have lost or gone away from that higher quality of hope, just remembering that being in the world is enough and not always having to do and be so materially successful. And sixes have gone away from faith and knowing that that just being can bring security and safety. Is always having to do and to prepare and then the nine really has lost the essence of feeling that they matter too and so they're in the trance of their type because they're forgetting that they're allowed to love themselves and not just that ready to love others So really, your path, if you're one of the threes, sixes, or nines, is to release from just referencing others and clinging to worldly attachments. Allow yourself to be more idealistic and allow in some emotional discomfort because that discomfort will challenge your special and comfy routine or your routine that allows you to feel secure in other ways. But it's going to ultimately allow you to integrate with those higher qualities of life and just being emotional. So I really hope that you guys will do this because if you don't, your spouses are going to wonder, wait, I see all this practical comfort and the material success and the fact that you have certain things you like to enjoy, but I don't see the depths or when we need to talk about something important, maybe I see you worrying or doing more or I see you Uh, you know, taking more time to withdraw, but I don't see you. I want to see you. I want to be here with you. I want to experience you emotionally. And I know that can be really hard for you, but that's a really important piece of your growth is to do that as well as to allow yourself to say materials are not going to always provide me with what I need, even though I want to stay close to the ground here, staying close to each other. Uh, Not just the elements that are provided and come from the earth, but to each other to attach. And then also to even look up to see what are the ideals. And, And this one really gets to me for you guys that can I have hope? I mean, can I really hope? Can I dream big? Because I do believe you can. And yes, we talk about various triads that um, can, you know, do this. And sometimes you're part of that as a 369 and maybe some of the glow guide, uh, the glow couple pairings we've talked about have made you feel some hope here. But just yourself, whether you're married or not, you have potential to balance in your harmony work. And I just want to remind you of that, that you have beautiful potential. Yes. Does a nudge help you? Yes. Does it help you when somebody helps you to troubleshoot as a 6 cool and of course does material good do material goods help you as a 3 to be able to truly enjoy the world you live in better and to feel successful. Maybe so. But I also want you to know the ultimate successes are not going to come in life through the material gain and you're always going to be lacking. And as I talk with my Enneagram and Marriage class about addictions, I want you to know just as there can be addictions in the 147 group of the world doesn't meet my ideals, I'm checking out in some way, this group can do the same and say, the world doesn't meet my ideals and check out in another way. So do remember that balancing is so important. And just like I said to the idealists, I want you pragmatists, you practical people to really start embracing balance and to look and to see which of these areas is out of balance in your life. So don't forget, I'm going to have a freebie at the end for you guys about that. Okay, so our final group we're talking about before we move on to Dr. David Daniel's stages is the relationalist group. And I love the name for this group because I find it a little bit ironic for some people. And I had to look at it many, many times. And I still want to look even more deeply at it because I love that fives and eights are in this group along with twos. So this is the two, five, and eight group. And a lot of people don't think of fives and eights as relationalists, especially fives, but they are. And they're, of course, representing all the ways to move energetically in relationships, But it doesn't mean that it's just that two moves forward toward others and that fives move away from others, although that's true, and that eight gets declarative with others, speaking out and asserting with others. But it's also that they work on not wanting to feel rejected. And that's what they're doing is they're relational to stave off rejection because they want to provide important functions in the world. And twos, as you guys know, they love to offer their support and their help to others. And of course, we know fives actually help a lot. And that's what I think is really cool about this is fives are thoughtful and analytic. And you've probably heard me say that to various Globe hearings when they come on. And they offer the rational viewpoint. And that's very helpful, quite honestly. And then type eights bring strength and protection and they really all do assert their power in specific ways and some even bill schaefer had called these the human triad because they do speak from the heart and they form bonds of connection but they've lost or gone away from their integration because they've not been thinking of their higher qualities but they've just been relying on personality function in daily life. so these guys are twos have lost gone away from altruistic, just giving because they love, and from being in the natural flow of giving and receiving to try to give so much um, pridefully. And fives have lost or gone away from higher wisdom and understanding and being In the natural flow of life energy because they're so grounded in what they can research. And then eights have lost and gone away from coming to life with that fresh and innocent perspective and childlike perspective and not needing to have a personal agenda of control. So these are ways that these groups can really hold on to their personality and try at least to avoid being rejected. But, But their work, of course, is going to release that power and to open their hearts to the natural flow of energy and when i say that i want you to understand what i mean is you don't have to just manipulate in order to get love you don't have to hide away or just seek more knowledge to get love you don't have to always be in control to get love that is a natural part of life that sometimes you're gonna really have a great time with this and other times you're not but just because you might not get love does not mean that vulnerability will kill you or that if you're not fully competent in all ways that you won't make it or that if somebody rejects you once or twice that everybody will reject you. So I think it's really important for you relationalists to start looking at the higher qualities of working toward loving just to love instead of trying to get something back or to make sure you're not rejected just because it's healthy and it's good to love period without counting cost at all. And then I think that Another important lesson for you, of course, is it's okay to enjoy in moderation, storing things up like fives, like to store things up sometimes in eights and twos would want to give it all away in a lot of ways. But I think that it's okay to have a healthy balance of your earthly possessions and to know what's healthy and good and okay for you to maintain and not to be lustful or too big with that or to thinking of the dwarves and lord of the rings for the fives and trust me i can be a bit five like in that way too but where we're hoarding and then of course with the twos just working really hard not to push onto others what we think they need to do for us in order to get that love so when we really start to look deeper at what we need in addition to at least acknowledging a balance with our materials is we also need to be able to have that heavenward view that the idealists carry which may even help you to realize it's not all on your shoulders and that's why I love for the eights that they can embrace innocence I love that and I love for the fives that when they embrace their ability to give in lots of different directions and to receive in lots of different directions there's not as much hoarding and I love for the twos that when they truly love with humility and recognize that they're just as good as everybody else and not better and not worse that there's just a release so I am an idealist in this sense that I believe if you do this relationalist I think that you're going to have a healthier marriage and I think you're going to have a healthier life and and to be a lot more balanced now, I think if all of us do this, we're all a lot better off because as we can just listening to each of these groups, we can all learn from each other in a myriad of ways. So don't forget that if you're really stuck in yours, not only do I think you'll probably deal with it on a regular basis like I do, but I also think that knowing will help you on the journey and part. And then I'm going to give you Dr. David Daniels steps now for you to really feel like you understand more about the journey so that you say, okay, now that I have insight, what do I do next? So this is what he talks about on both his website, and I've also read more in depth about this in his book, The Enneagram Relationships and Intimacy. So the first of Dr. David Daniels five A's of how we can grow, are that we need to develop grounded and receptive presence and that's the awareness or the insight that I was talking about and and I'm saying okay you know I'm going to give you this freebie so that you can even have more groundedness with this or maybe this podcast is one you listen to again but I've got questions for you either way, so you don't just take it in as just this insight because that's only the first step. The second step is the open hearted non judgmentalness. And this way, you're allowing your inner observer of your behaviors to accept with kindness where you're at today. And so you hear me saying, oh, I get stuck here, and this is hard, but what I'm trying to do, and of course I have to work at this too, is to accept it versus judging it, just notice it. So first I'm allowing awareness in, and next I'm accepting it, that this is part of the way I am. Next after that, what we do is we bring things into action. And we say, now I'm gonna try to integrate with the other harmony triad groupings by pausing, noticing, and asking how I'm out of balance or misapplied. Now, this works not only in this triad, but in the greater harmony triads Dr. David Daniels discusses. And, you know, there's different teachers in the Enneagram world. Some don't even do this kind of work, but everybody understands there's various triads and that the harmony groups have perhaps more extensions than this, just this, but include the harmonic groups and the body, heart and head triads. So in this case, yes, we're sticking to harmony groups. But I just want you to know that these five A's apply to every area of life in terms of personality growth is, of course, you want to have an awareness and acceptance and an appreciation for the good. And just, hey, I'm so glad I got to learn this and to learn what I need to do. And then, like I said, action so that You can say, how can I bring the elements into balance and make sure I'm harmonious? So there's the word, and that's probably the ideology of the harmony groups. Now, lastly, what you wanna do is work on adherence, and that is the fifth A, and this is what happens when we really work on approaching and resolving conflicts, understanding what energy we overuse and underuse these dialectics of the enneagram in other words and how our centers of intelligence are out of balance and trying to say, wait a second, I'm out of touch with my true essence, or I keep falling into the trance of my type, whatever you call it, you're falling, you're stumbling, and you're falling back into those vices. So it's important for you to watch it happening, to have an awareness of it, to have an acceptance of it, to have an appreciation for what's good about it and appreciation for the others who are different from you, and then to try to work on it with action. And then actually, last of all, is a commitment and daily practice, so that's called the adherence. So when you appreciate that, you can bring it more into your relationship, have compassion for yourself and others, and truly find Wow, we are making strides that I never thought we would make before, and that feels really good. So I hope you can see that in your life. I feel that I've had to do a lot of that over time and with life and grief and kids and all that comes with that. There's all these dares and risks that you take because you know that you can't just stay in the one group. It would truly make you a very selfish person if you were just all about your ideals and your head was in the sky. And that's why some people say the ascetics, these desert fathers and mothers, maybe they were idealists, a lot of them, but they maybe missed out on some of the actual living. Of course, many did not miss out at all and have had a robust life activity. But my point is, if you've ever seen anyone isolated in one of these groups, don't automatically assume they have a perfect life. They have a perfect life, or they know how to operate better than you, and don't judge them as terrible either, because they may be more balanced than you realize. But I do want you in your life to not just be stuck in that idealization spirit or that idealized group because it can be very lonely when you think you're perfect and nobody else is. And then with the group that is very practical and earthy, if all you're looking at is for material protection and success and comfort, you're truly missing out on the emotional qualities right with you of connecting with your people, even though it takes courage And I know that's something that's not always easy. And I know that it takes courage to look up and to say, maybe there's hope even for more than just, you know, me being sarcastic and wry and witty, but maybe even something great could happen in my life. And maybe I'll even start striving for it and getting into action, something that's not just monetary gain, but meaningful gain. And then maybe if you're in that relational group, you can start looking to say, I'm going to release my grip on the people in my life so that. Even if they take more energy like a five than I thought that they would or I'm more vulnerable than I thought I ever would be and hurt as an eight or maybe as a two, I'm giving and I don't always get back and I don't even say it anymore. This is cool because you guys are embracing a humility of just letting God be God and do the planning. And you too can find your rest and comfort and emotional processing with God. And and it might offer you that lens of needing to fall on your knees before God and just take that good cry or that time to say, things are not the way I thought they would go. And I worked really hard or I'm exhausted or I'm scared or I'm open and vulnerable, but, but I'm not God, you're God. And that helps a lot. And then it also, of course, helps you guys, like I said, to feel free to pamper yourself in a balanced way. And then, of course, you guys know we have our arrow work and our Enneagram wings, so sometimes you might say, I'm an idealist, but I'm also earthy because I'm a one wing nine. And even though I like the arrow work and the instinct work a bit better than wings for most people, with some people, they really do have a very strong wing that leads them or leans them into these areas. And so it's okay if that's the lens you like looking at things. I just want you to have movement. I just want you to have growth whatever format, even if you don't really like the Enneagram that much, but you prefer the Strengths Finder or DISC or Myers-Briggs, I just want you to continue to grow in your marriages, but most of all, just in your life, because I think that is so important. And so that's what I've got for you about the Harmony Triads. And if you would like more information and to have your own worksheet on the Harmony Triads, please share your email with us at this number you can text 9413018420 that's 941 941- and just make sure you text us your email and we'll get you on our mailing list for weekly mailers but we'll also get you this worksheet so I hope you love it and I hope you will take this into your week and I'll be sharing about it on IG this week also one more time that number is 941-301-8420 so I hope you have such a good week I look forward to talking with you guys soon about the eighty eighty marriage I'm looking forward to having a wonderful couple with their best-selling book talking about that with us soon nate and kaylee klemp and i can't wait to talk to them because they have philosophy backgrounds and executive business coaching backgrounds and they have all these practical one nine tips for us about fairness and marriage and i also can't wait to talk with you guys with beth mccord and others so stay tuned for more shows as we wind down season two of the enneagram and marriage podcast and i hope you all have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you soon.